Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take their businesses to the next level. Join us as we chat with green industry leaders to discover best practices and practical strategies to maximize profits. Now, here's your host, Paul Jamison. Hey, what's up, fam? Welcome back to the Green Industry Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about vetting customers. This is so important in business, and we're doing our 21 days to a better business to kick off this awesome new year. And this is something that anybody who's been doing this for a while will tell you is very, very important because the mistake that I made and many others make is that we don't vet well and we get on a job and it turns out to not be as profitable as we thought. And the customer is what we call a PETA, a pain in the beep. Okay. Pain in the butt. Because what happens is, as I look back on my life, I'm like, man, I, you know, on that job, they sucked the life out of me and they just oppressed me. And I barely made money on that job. And then I look and I analyze and I realize, oh man, I saw the red flag or I saw the yellow flag and I ignored it. And that has, that has repeated so many times to where now I kind of have these rule of thumbs, if you will, these principles that if a customer during the vetting process says certain things or starts acting a certain way, that little discernment antenna starts going off like, you know, the sirens in my head say, wait, 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 you know, hold up, reconsider this one. So I'm going to share what I uh, pay attention to in the vetting process so that we can have customers that's a win-win, that we give excellent service, excellent communication, and the customer is, you know, pleasant to work with. We get high profit on the job. They're happy because the work they requested was done in a way that exceeds their expectations. And we're happy because we earn money and everything's a win-win in, in that situation. So that's what I'm looking for in my business transactions. The customer is very happy, content, thankful, and I make profit and do not just what I say I'm going to do, but I go a little bit above and beyond every single time. Hey, we friends, thanks to today's show sponsor, the Hardscape Academy, debt-free landscaper and Gulf Coast bookkeeping. We really appreciate all three of them and just their faithfulness. And, and we certainly encourage you in your uh, search to better your business to consider Gulf Coast bookkeeping for your bookkeeping needs. If you want to learn more about hardscaping, you know where to go, thehardscapeacademy.com. And if you are into snow plowing, landscaping, you want to have a debt-free business, Business, then check out the debt-free landscaper, my guy, Michael Bedell, up there in cold, frigid Michigan. Man, it was cold over the weekend, Marty, wasn't it? I went out to dinner and it was like 35 degrees. I was like, man, I'm glad I don't live up there because we're getting ready to go to Florida. And let me read this to you guys. We got some, that was a weak segue, but <laughs> here's what I wanted to share with you guys. We have a uh, event going up. I'm pulling up here on my phone and it's at uh, amateur works, armature works, pardon me, in Tampa, Florida on February 12th. Now this is outdoors at amateur works. I accidentally put amateur parks on my Instagram and people are like, Hey, that's an apartment complex. It's at amateur works. <laughs> and that's what's like one of these outdoor parks, you know, with restaurants and all of that. So what we're going to do 
is a bunch of influencers are going to be flying in, driving in. I heard Mitchell Gordy uh, from uh, North Carolina is now coming. Nick uh, Alex Nickens is coming from Illinois. Uh, I believe Stanley Genetic. I think Greg Chisholm might even come down from Missouri. And uh, Naylor and his wife are coming down. Brian Fullerton and Liz from Michigan, they're coming down. Uh, Sean and Savannah from Ohio. Caleb and Brittany from Ohio. And uh, Blake and Natalie. It's going to be wild. And many, 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 many others. Okay, that's just a short list of people I know that are coming to Florida. Uh, we are going to be meeting Friday, February 12th, 3 o'clock p.m. at Armature Works. Everyone is invited. It's outdoors. Uh, you obviously got to pay your flight or drive down there and, you know, get your lodge and get everything set up. We don't have... Uh, packages and everything like that it's it's uh everyone's on their own to get down there but if you want to come and uh, we'll hang out probably starting well we'll starting at three and, and usually those things just linger late into the evening so there's not like a set end time but definitely several hours and we'll just be out there and grab a bite to eat hang out fellowship and uh, kind of have a uh like we have a parking lot meetup at the gie plus expo just be kind of like that. So guys are looking to um, sharpen one another. Good time there in Florida. All right, we're going to kick it over to Mr. Producer here from today's show sponsor. And coming up, we're going to talk about how we can better vet our customers. Truly, I don't think there's ever been a better time to learn the secrets of how to properly install pavers and retaining walls. Our good friend, Caleb Allman, has years of knowledge and experience, and he has his upgraded comprehensive guide videos available right now at thehardscapeacademy.com. Guys, these aren't your local hardware store's DIY YouTube videos. Caleb will take you in-depth into planning, safety, materials, base, compaction, drainage, regulations, efficiency, and so much more. This course is endorsed by Paul Jamison, and it's your opportunity just to expand your business potential by learning from highly regarded hardscape professional, Caleb Allman. Get started now at thehardscapeacademy.com. Are you ready to make some serious money this winter with snow and ice management services? Are you looking to position yourself as an industry professional and to protect your bottom line from issues like unstable salt prices? Don't get left out in the cold this winter. Head over to DebtFreeLandscaper.com to check out the highly sought-after commercial and residential snow plowing contracts. These agreements are available for Internet download and are easy to edit and make your own. DebtFreeLandscaper.com, the green industry's most professional resource for lawn and landscape contracts, hiring employees and subcontractors, and where you'll find the same money-making commercial snow contract that numerous contractors like Brian Fullerton have used to dominate the snow and ice management industry. DebtFreeLandscaper.com Head over to DebtFreeLandscaper.com to get access to these incredible resources today and put yourself in a position to plow through the competition. They know him by name at Cracker Barrels across the country. Here's Paul Jamison as the Green Industry Podcast continues. All right. Well, one of the first lessons the School of Experience as a lawn care business owner taught me was vetting customers. And I share many, many pages in my book that will be coming out later this month about the mistakes that I made doing this. A quick summary is that I printed out little uh, raggedy business cards that said Paul Jamison Lawn Care. It had a cheesy little mowing graphic on it with this guy 
pushing the more. I mean, just I, I, I was cleaning out my closets and I recently found some of my old marketing materials. And I was like, what was I thinking? Like year one, I had uh, whatever the spirit of opposite of the spirit of excellence was. Now, you know, I'm obsessed with things looking incredible, wh- whether it's a graphic or a logo or whatever. I just wanted to look professional. And <laughs> I, my first year, it was uh, Chuck in the truck type style, uh, guerrilla marketing. I walk around neighborhood and, you know, I put these little business cards on by people's front doors. I mean, I'm passing them out. I'm just walking all around the neighborhood trying to get customers. And so people started calling. They started seeing my phone number on the business card and they started calling me. Well, immediately, as soon as I got the call, like, hey, can you come give me a quote? Well, because I only passed the business cards out in the neighborhood I worked in, and then there was a neighborhood that was basically, it was the same neighborhood, but it was across the street. So it was, I don't know if it's technically two different neighborhoods or one different neighborhood. I consider them two, but nevertheless, it, that was my area, my neighborhood, and then the neighborhood on the other side of the street. So whenever I would get a call, I would know, oh, okay, well, it's in walking distance or even driving distance if necessary. I had a 97 Honda Accord, so I'd whip on over there and give them a quote right away, every single person, and I would not vet them in regards to their personality and how they treated me. I wouldn't even vet the properties. I would just kind of look at it and be like, hey, 25 bucks. You know, hey, 20 bucks, Reggie. I write about Reggie in my book. This guy had these two dogs that were so scary and he would have, I would have to call him before I'd go out to his property. He'd have to put the dogs inside and they're like barking, like they're ready to jump through the window and they're scary dogs, but they would dig these gigantic holes in the backyard. And so you'd be mowing and then next thing you know, you like fall into a hole, your foot, you know, your foot gets twisted up and it was, it was a disaster and there's dog poop everywhere back there. And I, I was joking about 20 bucks. I forget. It was, it was, it was not much that I was charging Reggie. Maybe it was 30 bucks, but it was not worth it. Cause by the time I'm done, you know, I got a, I got a bruised ankle. I got dog poop all over myself and it was just a disaster because I didn't vet customers. And so as my business began to grow, I began to realize that I needed to vet customers. And so when they would call and they would say things like, hey, we're just looking for the best price, red flag. Well, I might not be the best price. I'll be the best service. I'll be quality. I'll get the job done. It will be mowed perfectly, edged perfectly, trimmed perfectly. Quality wise, we're going to bring it to the house. But and I'm not saying this to my customer, but I'm thinking this. Our goal isn't lowest price. You're calling me looking for the lowest price or a good deal, right? And that's it's already not a win-win. It's already not a perfect match because my target customer is somebody who wants excellent quality work. If they want a landscape enhancement, they're willing to spend thousands of dollars or more than $10,000 in many cases to make their front yard, their backyard look amazing that's who I want to work with. Or in the maintenance realm, I want to work with somebody that wants their property perfect. They want me coming weekly. They want everything manicured and looking immaculate and they don't mind paying a little extra. So when I hear a customer that doesn't sound like that, now I know I don't want to you know, work for them because I've done it way too many times and it doesn't work out for either of us. And then on the other um, end of the vetting spectrum, there's area. And when I started, okay, I write about this in depth in my book, but I thought I was doing something good because the real estate agent, I actually opened up my book with this story, but I started working for a real estate agent and I'm just giving you a little sneak peek here. And, uh, 
hopefully you'll read the book and read, read the whole story, but she would have me doing her properties and they were all around Atlanta. She was actually the second, um, top selling, you know, uh, real estate agent in Atlanta. Okay. So at the time, and so she had properties everywhere and she had a team. I mean, there was just, there was more work than I can handle, but I'd be driving to Winder, Georgia. Then I'd be driving to Decula, Georgia. Then I'd be driving to Lawrenceville, Georgia. Then I would be driving to all over Atlanta. Okay. All over the area. And what that was doing is I was, it was putting window time, right? I'm, I'm driving through, maybe you don't understand what I'm trying to say. Cause you're not from Atlanta. There's traffic. Okay. So if something's seven miles away, you're not going to get there in 10 minutes. You might get there in 20 minutes because you stop at the stoplight and there's just heavy congested traffic around most of town. It, it's annoying. It's frustrating, especially when school's in session and the buses are there. So you don't want to be doing that in the Atlanta market. Maybe that's okay if you're out there in rural country land, but around here it's not. So over time, I learned about vetting areas. What area are you in? And I had to start to structure my marketing that we actually only service this area. And I got this thing so tight to where it's pretty much only one country club neighborhood. And there's rare occasions. There was one lady, I'll actually share this as an example uh, here in just a moment, but she lived right outside of the neighborhood and the neighborhood kind of around the corner. And we ended up picking up her uh, and doing doing some um, landscape enhancements for her and her maintenance. But that was a rare exception because I realized I had this small little target market and my vetting process was, I don't care who you are. If you're not in that area, we don't do service in that area. And I had to really um, set up my words and, and my marketing so that I kept away people that weren't in that area because I don't want them emailing me and calling me if they don't live in that area because they're just wasting my time. And so I really had to change a lot of our marketing structure and uh, learn to vet that. So let me give two examples, okay, of what to look for when talking to a customer. These are real life examples that I went through. One job turned out to be a very pleasant blessing and the other job turned out to be a headache, not just for me, for my subcontractors and workers, okay? Everyone involved didn't like working on this property. And so I'm sharing example A and example B because we they were so similar in the vetting process, but we have to be on top of our game when we are talking over the phone or when we're out in the field. All right, so I wanna share some of these yellow flag situations and give you some real life examples, okay? Example A and B, they were very similar in the sense I saw yellow flags and I missed it on one of them and I got it right on the other one. I wanna share the difference. It's kind of nerdy stuff, but this is very important because it's gonna happen if you do this long enough. You're gonna know exactly what I'm talking about one day. I'm like, I should have listened to Paul. Here we go. Here's the, I'm gonna start with the, I'm in a good mood. Marty, are you in a good mood? Yes. Okay. I'm going to start with the customer that turned out to be pleasant, profitable, and a win-win, but there were some yellow flags. Okay. So she calls me. I answer and she doesn't work in the neighborhood. She doesn't live in the neighborhood we work in. So immediately yellow flag. And I explained to her our high profile customers in a, in a very you know humble professional way who we serve and the neighborhood we serve. And she knows exactly where it's at. Well, right outside of that gate of that neighborhood, there's a huge uh, arena, you know, 14,000, 15,000 seat arena. And there's events there all the time. Even during the day, there's graduations and there's women's events and there's all kinds of workshops and things of that nature. And the traffic right outside the gate of the neighborhood I work in, it can be a hit or miss. But on the days where there's an event, 
it's no fun. It's just bumper to bumper, slow, slow moving, crawling traffic. So I, the lady obviously knows that because she lives right next to the arena as well. So I explained to her why we only work in this one neighborhood and traffic. And so I was like, if we were to come look at this, I'm just going to be honest with you. My rate's going to be a lot higher than the guys that are already working in your neighborhood because I'd have to drive, you know, I explain all this. So I'm, I'm letting her know your price is going to be, you know, sky high rocket rocket uh top prices here and just waiting for her to hang up on me or say oh okay well thanks for your time and move on and she's she's not she's not budging she's like oh i understand you know we you know we know about your company and we'd love it if you would you know consider us blah 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 so now i know well all right she didn't she didn't jump off at that and i was like i'll come give her a quote so i come and give her a quote and here's the yellow flag okay that we need to be careful of when a customer starts talking about their previous lawn care landscape professional in a negative way, yellow flag. Okay. Because what I've noticed is that could be you where they're talking about you after you come and do the work. And then that's just who they are. They just always find a fault and they're always complaining and it doesn't matter. It could be the most sunny, beautiful day, right? 81 degrees and sunny and the birds are chirping and the flowers smell good. Everything's perfect. And you know, they're going to be complaining about something. And so I ask her, you know, well, what, what's, um, the situation. And she starts going on and on and on about her previous guys and how bad they were. And that was a yellow flag for me. I'm thinking, why did I drive out here? You know, I, I know this storyline, but then I was noticing the things she was telling me were actually very true. She's like, we kept, we've resided twice underneath this tree and it's died both times. And I was like, well, yeah, that's because it's not getting enough sunlight. I was like, you, you need probably seven or eight hours of sun for Bermuda grass, which you get about three hours underneath that tree. So your answer, your solution is not sod. Your solution is to remove that tree and the grass will grow fine right there. Like it looks like in the rest of the yard, or we could limb the tree up and do sod. <coughs> but if you don't uh, get the huge major limb up first, the sod doesn't have a chance. And, and she's uh, staring at me. She's like, well, why didn't the other guys tell me that? I was like, I don't know, but that's obviously why your grass is. And so now I started to realize the way her, uh, I'm trying to explain relational intelligence to you. And it, it's, it's, you discern it kind of in your gut in the moment, but I started to realize she seemed very sincere and she just wasn't educated. You know, she was a successful businesswoman, but she didn't understand the biology of how turf grows. She doesn't understand the things that I understand. And unfortunately, the guy who really did come before her, he didn't understand. He was a Rick's mowing chuck in the truck and he just didn't understand. He just threw sod down and thought it would stay green and grow, not realizing it needs sunlight, which is very basic. But you got a lot of guys out there who, you know, just have a pickup truck and they don't have much knowledge. And it's, it's um, they're the people I'm here to help on this show. So I'm not talking negatively about them, but when a professional shows up after that, it's kind of night and day obvious because the the drainage issue she had, the erosion issue she had, I'm like, whoa, you know, this is really easy to fix. And so anyway, even though she had this complaint about the previous company, I, I, I sensed about her that it was just, she really did get a bad deal from her two other guys that came before they were just rookies in the neighborhood and they didn't know what they're doing. And I thought, you know what? I can get this lady's place up the par. We can take care of it. I'll charge her a lot. And then if she decides to go with us and pay extra, cool. If not, no big deal. And I gave her a really kind of astronomical price. And I, I thought there's no way, but whatever. 
I already drove out there. So I sent her the quote and, you know, she writes back, thank you again for explaining this to me. You know, you're so, you know, she's giving me compliments and things like that. It's basic stuff. All right. Basic uh, dry Creek river bed. We're going to put in to fix her erosion on the side of the house and basic uh, tree limb up. So that she got sunlight and then a couple other odd and end jobs. And I gave her a really high price and, you know, she's like, we'd love for you to do it. And I was like, wow. <laughs> so we ended up doing it, made, you know, gigantic profit margins on the job and still maintenance that property uh, to this day. Actually, Alberto does that yard now as with my podcast and schedule and everything like that. A lot of my maintenance is I had to restructure, but, you know, she's still in the ecosystem and happy, happy, happy customer. So it all turned out good. So I say that as yellow flag, not red flag, if they start talking about their previous provider in a negative sense. A lot of times it can be, you know, the sign to run to the hills, but not always. That's why I shared that example. Now, around the same time, another lady in the neighborhood I work in contacts me and I show up and, uh, you know, she had a, well, I don't need to share all that, but, um, I show up at the property. There's a lot of interesting, uh, activity going on around the place. And she comes out and this lady was just, you know, just Nancy negative, Deb the downer. And can you believe what these guys did? She's just griping and she's just complaining about how these guys that came before screwed everything up and they're suing, you know, she throws out the word sue, uh, we're suing them, you know, we're going to court and I got this lawyer, I'm just going on and on and on. And I, you know, again, I got the yellow flag, but I'm thinking, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm looking at what the guys did and I was like, you know, they really didn't do a good job at all. And, um, they did like 13 or 14 or 15, I forget what it was, maybe 15 pallets of sod. And like, I don't even think they graded. It looks like they just like threw it down on what was there. It was all bumpy and is this, it was not good work. Okay. So what she was saying was true, but the way she was saying it was just, a red flag to me. And the fact that she's suing the other companies, you know, it was yellowish flags, red flags, but I didn't listen and to, to that. And, and she's just going on and on and on. And so I thought, well, I'll just, you know, do the old astronomical price and, uh, you know, she'll probably say no and, and, and now, and I'll move on from that. So I just kind of walk around thinking I'm not going to get this job. You know, I'm, I'm kind of checked out, but you're like, okay, lady, you know, whatever. And so I, I, instead of replying, Hey, you know, thank you for your time, but our schedule's full. And I don't think, um, I'm going to be able to give you a quote at this time. Best of luck, you know, something like that. I didn't do that. Instead, I sent her an astronomical quote. Okay. Not even close to market. Okay. I would think I was four or 5,000 above the guy below me. It wasn't like it was like neck and neck. We're within a thousand of each other. Guys, I just, I think I just threw in an extra five or six grand just for, just because in, in the quote, just so she, you know, my thought was she wouldn't accept the quote and I'd be free from the obligation. Well, anyway, I get, you know, some uh, correspondence back. Hey, thank you for your time. You know, we know they, they knew about who we were. They, they knew our reputation neighborhood was impeccable and all that. And so, you know, she's like, we're going to get some more quotes and, you know, stay in touch. Well, anyway, she ends up going with us. Okay. And to my surprise, and I'm thinking, well, you know, how bad can it be? We're going to make bank on this job. And we did make bank on the job, but financially it was, it was a profitable operation and I hit, hit my financial goals. However, that uh, personality of complaining and, and negativity continued and we didn't do a, a bad job like the other guys. We, you know, we did a good job and I think ultimately uh, they were very content, but just throughout the process, it was like, now are you guys going to do this? And uh, what, what, what would you do for, you know, and just like 
constantly looking over our shoulder throughout the um, process. And you have to stay professional. I can't just be like, yes, like we know what we're doing. Like go back in the house. You know, you can't talk like that. You need to be very honoring and very respectful and, and say, you know, kind of play the game and be like, yes, you know, we have that scheduled for tomorrow at 10 a.m. And here's you just over communicating. It's that's not necessary. We just, you know, we'll make it look perfect. We know what we're doing. You know, don't bother me, but you can't say that. And so anyway, in hindsight, my subcontractors said things to me like, uh, you know, negative things. And the reason I don't like that is because I have, and I share this in my book about I have outstanding subcontractors. I got my tree stump guy that grinds stumps. Scotty, he's the best. The tree guy, Chance, he's the best. My irrigation guy, Rich, he's the best. Jamie is by far the best in Georgia, in my opinion. She's a landscape enhancement, uh, you know, architect, designer, installer. Her, t- her team is the absolute best. And so I want to keep all my subcontractors happy because I can line up a job. They can come out and bang it up. They make money. I make money. We're all making money. It's a win-win. But when my subcontractors get, see my text or call come through, and then they remember that negative experience they had on my previous property, they might be a little hesitant to take it on, or they might not, you know, be where I'm top priority. If they, if I say, Hey, can you come do this? They expedite their schedule. They're there. They, they want to keep me happy because it's a benefit to them. But when I throw a negative experience out there like that, it definitely doesn't help. And so I, I recovered from that one, but I, they told me, they're like, Paul, you know, and they just started saying negative things that happened to them while they were on the job. Cause now they're out there and I'm not, you know, there, there's some days during the project, it was close to 20 grand. And, you know, it took us, it took us like, it didn't take us two weeks of work, but because of materials and scheduling and everything, you know, it stretched out to two weeks or whatnot, you know, maybe only like three days of labor, but you know what I'm saying? We, we, did one part of the job one day and then, you know, ordered the sod for, you know, the next week, things like that. So there were times where my subcontractors were out there and I weren't out there. The same thing happened to them, you know, with the customer being over their shoulder. And, you know, these guys are the best of the best of the best. And they're being out there like babysat. No one, no one enjoys that. Right. When, when you're a professional, just do your job and you know what I'm saying? So, Without beating the dead horse, we need to listen to those yellow flags and those red flags. And I recovered from that and I haven't made that, you know, mistake like that to where I put uh, my relationships with my subcontractors in jeopardy where they felt uncomfortable. And I apologized to them and said, hey, I missed it on that one. You know, I'm so sorry. And, and you know, it's all, we, we can kind of just laugh about it, but we don't want that to be the routine where we take on headache customers. And I was just, jacking my mentality. Well, I'll just jack up the price. And if I get it, I'll just deal with it. And if I don't get it, no big deal. And then I've kind of gotten to, you know what? I'm not even going to jack up the price. If I sense that this customer is a headache relationally, then life is too short. I don't, I don't have time to be dealing with pitas. There's way too many people, especially here in Atlanta. There's millions of people. Okay. And there's not that many customers that I need to make a substantial amount of money in a year. Meaning you don't need to serve a million people. You only need to really serve us, you know, a handful of people and do it well. And you'll have more than enough money to provide for your family needs. If you do a great job, charge the right price. And so I know that there's that handful of people out there for me where it's all win-wins a hundred percent. They're happy. They're pleasant. I'm happy. Profit's good. Win, 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 win. That's what we need to do. We need to vet out those who are out of our service area, those who relationally are just going to try to suck the life out of us. And it's nothing to do with us. Now, if it is, if you're not doing quality work, then that's a whole nother conversation. I'm just putting in the asterisk, the assumption that you're doing excellent work. So 
if you're not doing excellent work, then you might, you know, they might be griping at you and they might have some reason to. So want to make sure we're doing quality work. Hey guys, this is to be continued. We'll definitely continue this conversation throughout the year. It's not something that we uh, arrive at even in 2020. I made some of these mistakes again. So it's something we need to stay ahead of the curve and and on top of our game and really be listening and being, uh, having margin in our schedule so that we're not overwhelmed and let things slip by us, but we're really attentive and take on work to good customers and vet out, weed out the bad ones. Thanks for listening to today's show, guys. Check today's show notes to hear from today's show sponsors. And I'm going to kick it over to the best producer in the business, Mr. Producer, on the other side of that shiny takeout window. Looks like the cleaners came over the weekend, huh? Everything looking nice and clean around here and smelling good. I like those trash bags, the, the scented ones that they use. It's nice. So yes, we have cleaning crew around here. They clean the baseboards. They clean the, they, they keep it nice and tidy around here. So I'll always enjoy uh, coming into a fresh new studio. But anyway, on the other side of that shiny takeout window, we're gonna kick it back to the best producer in the biz, Mr. Producer. The GIE Plus Expo 2021 is October the 20th through the 22nd in Louisville, Kentucky. Now, we're already hearing that the hotels are filling up fast, and we don't want you stuck at one of those raggedy hotels. Our suggestion, go ahead and diligently plan ahead, get those 2021 GIE Plus Expo plans secured, taken care of, and consider staying at the cluster of hotels next to the Kentucky Exposition Center or at a brand-name hotel in downtown Louisville. The GIE Plus Expo is hooking up Green Industry Podcast listeners. That's you with 50% off the ticket registration, and that's an extra 50% off the already early bird discounted rate. Get that registration taken care of today. Save big. The link is in the notes. Remember the promo code to use. Paul, P-A-U-L, saves you 50%. Most landscapers are so tired, they just want to enjoy a little of their evening. However, you often go home and your bookkeeping from the day or week immediately demands your time. Fortunately, because you can't give it your full energy or focus, it just sits there, night after night, untouched, continually haunting you. It's costing you good cash flow, good decision making, and the peace of mind you need. Because your business demands your time elsewhere, Gulf Coast Bookkeeping provides a full service bookkeeping solution that is guaranteed to give you your time back and your peace of mind. You can begin this partnership with us today by going to www.gulfcoastbk.com and scheduling a 15-minute phone call. Don't trick yourself into thinking you can handle it all. It won't be long before you're saying no to new clients or skipping dinner with your family and friends, all because your bookkeeping needs are unfinished. We'll take care of your green so you can take care of theirs. Schedule a 15-minute call today at www.gulfcoastbk.com. Thank you for joining us on the Green Industry Podcast. If you're ready to financially grow your business, grab Paul's rate increase letter. This customizable document will help you professionally communicate with your existing customers and explain why you're increasing your rates. Paul's rate increase letter and links to other products and services you heard about during the episode are available in the notes. And don't forget, by subscribing to the show, you'll never miss an episode of the Green Industry Podcast. This has been a Jameson Media and Mr. Producer production.